Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Laura Ziegler, and today is Wednesday, May 18th. Coming up, a growing number of young adults say they're questioning whether to have kids when the future of the planet is so precarious. The world is melting, the the oceans are high, and glaciers are gone, and polar bears are all starving, so I pretty much have no future. No matter what I do, I'm going to die because the world sucks. We'll hear from some Kansas Cityans in their 20s and 30s about their anxiety over climate change. And in Kansas, six public universities offer more than 1,500 degree programs. Some consultants are wondering if they're spreading themselves too thin. But first, some headlines. Police took two additional juveniles into custody today after a deadly shooting over the weekend at Black Bob Park in Olathe. The Johnson County District Attorney's Office released a statement announcing three Olathe 14-year-olds and one Olathe 13-year-old have been charged with first-degree murder in Johnson County District Court. Johnson County District Attorney Steve Howe filed a motion to have the three 14-year-olds tried as adults. Under Kansas law, 13-year-olds cannot be tried as an adult. A Democrat is jumping into the race for Kansas Secretary of State. Gina Rapace is the first Democratic candidate to announce a run. Blaze Massa of the Kansas News Service has our story. Repass announced her candidacy at a press conference in the State House. If elected, she would be the first black woman to ever hold this position. And in our family, we understood that the only limits that we placed upon ourselves were internal. Right now is the best time to have a black female be your Secretary of State. No better time than now. Repass supports the drop boxes and mail-in voting currently allowed under state law. She says minorities and people with rigid work schedules need that expanded access to vote. Long and uncommon work hours are making voting more difficult, Repass says. She could face GOP incumbent Scott Schwab, Republican challenger Mike Brown, in the general election this November. Kansas is launching a new program believed to be the very first of its kind that would allow older children to pick their foster parents. The Annie E. Casey Foundation chose Kansas to launch the so-called SOUL program. It will allow foster children 16 and older to choose who they want their parents to be. The goal is to give older kids a stronger connection with foster parents who could then help that child as they age out of foster care. Scott Henricks is with the Department of Children and Families. The whole point of this is everybody needs someone moving forward as you transition again into adulthood. You know, we all need those supports. We all need some uh, connections. Currently, foster children have little or no influence on where they're placed, but legislators need to change state law before the program can begin. As climate change continues to threaten the well-being of the planet, young people around the world are expressing heightened stress and anxiety related to global warming. In fact, the future of the planet is becoming a consideration in whether some of these young people want to have children. KCUR's Nomeen Ujiadeen reports on how some young adults in Kansas City are handling that conversation. Growing up in Kansas City, Amber Abram was used to severe weather. As she got older, she started seeing weather patterns change due to global warming. It's one of the things that got her interested in sustainability and led her to a job at Canby's Markets, a nonprofit that provides fresh produce to food deserts and delivers meals to homes. 
We have some conveyor belts set up and some long tables. Um, like to set up like kind of an assembly line for these. Um, every box gets two apples, three oranges, um, and some bananas. Climate change is also one of the reasons she and her husband decided not to have kids. It is a really scary thought to think about what the world's going to look like in 10, 20, 50 years from now. Abram is 35. She says in the Midwest, it's kind of expected that you'll get married and have kids. Some of her friends have started families, but some of them haven't. And climate change is a part of that conversation. Once resources, you know, run out, I do think, you know, there's going to be that that fight to to claim resources. And I think that it could be not a pretty sight. (laughs) A 2018 New York Times study asked Americans between the ages of 20 and 45 why they weren't having kids. A third of respondents who wanted more kids listed climate change as a reason they weren't having them. A 2020 study published in a climate change journal found that 80% of survey respondents were extremely concerned about the impacts of climate change that kids will experience. And a 2021 study of thousands of young people all over the world, including in the U.S., found that more than half of respondents felt that climate change threatened their family's security. Britt Ray is a science writer and postdoctoral fellow at Stanford University. She was having her own existential worries about climate change and having a child. So she wrote a book about it called Generation Dread, Finding Purpose in an Age of Climate Crisis. Food shortages, water crises, Um, migration crises, stoking conflict and war, and people being really afraid of what people will do to each other on a hotter and more hostile earth. In her research, Ray found there were a number of climate-related reasons that people decided not to have kids. Some wanted more time for climate activism or wanted to conserve resources. Others felt it was selfish to bring children into a world they might not want to live in. But she also found plenty of people who felt differently. And then there was also just people who say, I'm not willing to sacrifice this, okay? (laughs) Like, this is too important on an existential level. There's meaning and purpose all bound up in children. And uh, the world feels too dark if I decide that it's not worth putting kids into anymore. And so I'm committing to joy instead, which means having a child. Ray says for Native American and Black communities, having children can be an act of defiance and resilience. For some people, it's about raising the next generation of environmentalists. 22-year-old Armando Alvarez lives in Kansas City and works for the Heartland Conservation Alliance. He knows he wants to have kids, even though he says many of his peers seem to be trapped in climate despair. The world is melting, the, <laughs> the oceans are high, and glaciers are gone, and polar bears are all starving, so I pretty much have no future. No matter what I do, I'm going to die because the world sucks. But Alvarez and his partner, 20-year-old Justine Halbalinga, have big plans. They're moving in with each other this summer. They're both students at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And they want to get married, travel a little, and then have two boys and two girls. I believe that humans and hopefully our kids will find a way um, to make it work mm-hmm. and to make the best out of it. Because if, you, if we give up now, then we won't have a chance. What they hope to pass on isn't fear or anxiety. It's their love of nature and their desire to make the world a better place. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Nomeen Ujia-Dean. Reporters Chana Steinmetz of Startland and Katherine Hoffman of Kansas City PBS contributed to this story. It's part of a series on climate change by the KC Media Collective, a collaboration between nonprofit and community newsrooms in Kansas City. You can find more of these stories at kcur.org. 
enrollment and revenue continue to drop at public universities in Kansas, so the state has commissioned a system-wide review of all the state's schools. But as Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service reports, wholesale reform is difficult for some to embrace. The news for American colleges and universities is getting worse. College enrollment is down. Many experts 727,000 fewer undergrads taking classes this spring. Including a historic drop in U.S. college enrollment. According Economists to- predict that the population of college students will drop by 15 percent over the next eight years and continue dropping. In Kansas, steep competition for a dwindling pool of students has the state's university system talking about widespread changes. It is not sustainable. And so things that aren't sustainable will ultimately stop. That's Rick Stasloff, founder of the education consulting firm RPK, hired by the state to make suggestions. If we don't want it to stop, it means we have to get ahead of the curve and start making change now. Kansas has six traditional four-year universities and more than two dozen smaller community colleges and technical schools. Nearly a quarter million students are enrolled in some capacity, and collectively, they pay nearly $800 million a year in tuition. Tax dollars add another $580 million. Kansas universities offer more than 1,500 degree programs. Does one state need all of those? That's the billion-dollar question. Have you gone through your curriculum and and your colleges to see which ones you might be able to weed out? Republican Representative Barbara Wassinger co-chairs the Higher Education Budget Committee in the Kansas House. She spent much of this past session drilling university leaders about rising budgets and expanding course offerings. The Kansas Board of Regents hired RPK to evaluate academic programs and to identify low-enrollment programs they might merge or cut. At least 60 majors are being scrutinized to see if they could be eliminated to cut costs. Stasloff, who heads the RPK group, has already hinted that the state's university system is unwieldy. Does everybody have to offer everything? (laughs) Or might we have areas of focus? About two-thirds of Kansas college students are enrolled in just a handful of degree programs, fields like business, engineering, and health, that maybe don't need to exist on every campus. And for lower-demand degrees, like philosophy, music, or liberal arts, Stasloff says some schools could offer courses in those fields without full degrees. But pretty much every part of modern higher education is wedded to tradition and money, from dorms and meal plans to credit hours and funding structures. That's evident even before students enroll. Here's how one WSU recruiter laid it out for students during a recent campus visit. Um, So your tuition for in-state tuition will be about $8,200 a year, and then on-campus housing is roughly $5,000 to $9,000. Colleges are big business. They're also major players in the towns where they're located. So while it could make financial sense to have major programs centered at flagship universities like KU or K-State, that could devastate communities like Emporia, Pittsburgh, and Hayes. Tisa Mason, the president of Fort Hayes State, says her university is crucial to western Kansas. Local high schools play football at Fort Hayes State Stadium. Residents flock to the university's symphony orchestra, and tech students helped build a downtown parking garage. There are so many ways that we are interacting every single day in that community. Another factor to consider, more than 40 percent of first-year students opt for colleges that are less than 50 miles away from home. Margaret Malott is one of those students. She started at Johnson County Community College and then transferred to Emporia State to study journalism. She says smaller classes meant more help from instructors. Having that additional help um, and getting to really like know my professors was very, very important to me. 
RPK's work in Vermont led to the consolidation of four state colleges there. The firm will deliver its report to the Kansas Board of Regents this summer. Regent Wint Winter says the state has to consider all options. Advocates of higher education need to be mindful of these issues and these trends and asking us, asking ourselves, are they permanent? Are they transitory? If they're not, what can we do to turn that around? For the Kansas News Service, I'm Suzanne Perez in Wichita. The Kansas News Service is based here at KCUR, and it's a collaboration of KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Laura Ziegler. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org, where you can read more about young people and their climate change concerns and how Kansas public universities are considering changes in light of declining enrollment. Thanks for listening and come back tomorrow for more of Kansas City Today. Today.